It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. A recent student asked me to review an article that they read. Now, this article was published in December, and uh, it's called Scrum to Optimize Predictability and Control Risk. Now, full transparency, they asked me to do it blindly, so I've never read the article. So I'm going to read the article with you, and we're going to see where we stand with regard to what this article has to say. So here we go. It starts... Scrum can help teams continuously deliver value to customers, but it is incomplete by definition because it only focuses on the practices needed to support its three pillars of transparency, inspection, and adaptation. Let's stop there. This is true that it focuses on those three pillars, but I don't know that that makes it incomplete. I think, and I'm hoping at the direction that this author is going in, is that the focus of those three pillars is identified solely on delivery and not discussed as part of discovery or ideation. At least I hope that's where they're going, but let's see where they take it. So here we go. Scrum can help teams continuously deliver value to customers, but it is incomplete by definition because it only focuses on the practice needed to support the transparency, inspection, and adaptation. Scrum seeks to optimize predictability and control risk to enable frequent delivery. Scrum also seeks to harness the potential of people who have the skills to get the job done while setting delivery expectations for the customer. Are you counting how many times he says delivery? Scrum also makes headwinds in the organization more visible so that people can take steps to improve the way they do things. A Scrum team must be small. Teams with less than nine people tend to have fewer problems staying in synchronization with the work they're doing than larger teams. Okay, so kind of a shift in focus there. I think that overall, the big focus here has been on delivery, and now we're going to team size. So I have a feeling that this is all going to be about the delivery phase, nothing about discovery, nothing about ideation. Um, If that changes, I'll let you know. But so far, everything has been focused on delivery. And if that's true, then Scrum is solely set in delivery, and the article is absolutely true. Um, But good Agile says, hey, there's more than just delivery that we need to worry about. There are other things we need to consider. So let's continue. So teams should be small in size. Got it. They do better than larger teams. True. Teams must have everything they need to work effectively and efficiently with few or no external dependencies. Finally, teams must be empowered by the leaders to make their own decisions on how to achieve the product goals. Okay. So I like the idea of empowerment instead of enablement. I like the idea of giving the teams what they need. I like the idea of eliminating dependencies. All of these things sound great, but here comes the big question, how? And I think that that's where people get caught up. They read articles like these and it's saying, you know, here's your unicorn. This is where you need to be. But nobody ever tells you how to get there. So so let's see if they do here. It, It continues. So the motto of Scrum I didn't know if they had one, is inspect and adapt. Okay, I'll go with that. Change small things one at a time and see what works. Scrum is not made by product leaders or managers, but by teams. To be successful in an organization, teams must execute Scrum well. If the teams do Scrum well, the whole organization will benefit. Scrum helps a team self-organize, which shoots developers, who usually do not like to be controlled. Okay, let's pause there. 
First, I didn't know Scrum had a motto, but I guess inspect and adapt if it had to have one isn't a bad one. Uh, change small things one at a time and see what works. I agree with incremental changes, incremental improvements, not an issue there. Um, the fact here, this is interesting, where he just points out very blatantly that Scrum is not made by project leaders or managers. I got news for you. Scrum was almost wholly composed by people who understood project management focus, and they are the ones who talked about how to shift empowerment to make things happen. So I think that you may be off there in some fit form or fashion. That, that statement just doesn't sit well with me. Um, but teams must do well. Teams must do Scrum well. They must execute well. I do agree with that. I think that it's more than just the team, though. I almost think that if the team is optimized in their execution, but the product owner is not doing ideation or discovery, the, the team's going to be spinning their wheels building things that don't matter, right? Or if you have a Scrum master that's doing really well, but a product owner can't keep a backlog full, you're going to run into a whole different set of problems. So I think when you say the team, you may be referring to everyone. And if that's true, then yes, that is true. So um, the other piece here that caught me uh, off guard was which suits developers who usually don't like to be controlled. Okay, let, let's pause for a second. That tells me right here that this article was written by a developer. I don't think the intention was ever to control a developer. I think the intention was to make sure we have product owners that can break down and organize the work better so it's more suitable, so it makes sense for people to uh, consume. So that way we understand what we're trying to consume and why we're trying to consume it, what value we're trying to give to that end consumer. And I think that that's the piece that's often missing. So I think that if you're trying to talk about self-organized or self-governed or self-managed teams, you really need to understand the psychology behind that and what that means and why it even came up as a topic. I hate that it was just kind of dropped in uh, near the very end of this article without any context. I feel like there's just a ton of context missing around this. And it, it, it saddens me a little bit. So I guess what I'll say is this. Overall, the article could be pointing in the right direction. I just feel like it was too little to make a good judgment call. And I hope that helps. I mean, uh, it, it definitely stems some thoughts, though, which is great. So I think I'll just give you a quick, you know, modification, if I may. So for me, the motto of Scrum is focus on outcome instead of output, build the right thing that achieves the end goal of happy customers using as little output as possible, and enforce the empirical process as a way to support the framework to manage ideation, where we vet out ideas to make sure if they're good or not, discovery, where we come up with an MVP or something that's going to give us mapping to make sure that we're mapped both to our strategic and customer awareness, then delivery, where we implement our Scrum practices, and finally release how we're going to get these things to the consumer. If you can focus on those four things, I think that's going to really drive this home. So that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you also have a topic you want us to discuss, learn more at AgileDad.com. We'd love to hear from you. As always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care.